Well, good morning. I'm Mike Menning. I've uh, been in ministry for about 30 years, and I, I thought God was going to let me coast in as I reached retirement age. But six years ago, he chose me to, to go. He asked me to go to Colorado City, not only, but to start a ministry to the polygamy culture in this state. And there's a lot of people in caught up in that culture. It's estimated uh, anywhere between 60 and 120,000 people that are in this culture. And so it was a ministry that was totally, almost totally unreached for the gospel. And uh, a lot of our work is in Colorado City, Hilldale, and it's a community where the state line between Arizona and Utah runs right through the town. Uh, praise God, Warren Jeffs, the prophet, uh, is in prison. However, uh, he, he still runs the FLDS with an iron fist from his prison cell. And, and so his family carries out, uh, carries out their ministry, what they call their ministry here. And so, um, but I'm happy to report that even though this is a very, very dark place, perhaps one of the darkest places on earth, uh, a young lady told me that she remembers her father many years ago talking to other people, uh, and they lived over in, uh, in the Riverdale area, that they were going down to Colorado City, and this is like now 20, 25 years ago, her father's saying, be careful, that's the home of the devil. And, and um, it's, it's a rough place. It, it, it's opening up now. Six years ago, I went there for the first time, and, um, and it, was, it, it, was, it was a rough place. Uh, but uh, we prayed that God would send us a couple that would go down there and plant a church, and so Brody and Liz Olson moved in there five years ago, and four years ago, they were the, they were the first Christian family ever to move into that community. And four years ago, they were able to purchase a home, and the very first time a Christian was ever able to purchase a home in that community. And, and as, as I'm speaking here right now, the Grace Reigns Church is meeting, and we have 35 to 40 people there. And so... We have three couples there that are, are living there, and others are coming in, and we are walking life with the people in that ministry. As, as, as K2 walks life with us in that ministry. So if you're a part of K2, this is a part of your ministry as well. And so I'm not really here to, uh, you know, to, to really only promote uh, the ministry of, of Great Commission, but K2 is involved in a number of, of, of missions and, and they're bringing the gospel around the world. The, uh, one of the last uh, uh, parts you saw in the video was me standing, <clears throat> talking with a gentleman. His name is Brian Steele. And Brian Steele is the executive director of, of the uh, Dream Center in Phoenix, Arizona, a large Christ-centered ministry. And we're standing in the center of the compound, which was Warren Jeff's home, in, in, color, in Hilldale, Utah, actually, it's in the Hilldale side. And that's where he was with his 84 wives. And, and the Dream Center is, we just have been negotiating now for two months with the local uh, board that owns that property at this time. And so the Dream Center, we're starting a women's ministry there for women who have been sexually abused. And so what it has been used for is for all the evil things for so many years. 
And now there's a Christ-centered ministry coming in, and we're a part of that. And it's also going to be turned into an alcohol and drug treatment center. And so uh, alcohol and drugs is rampant in that town. So, um, you know, God is good, and Jesus has a compassion for the people of 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 the Hilldale, uh, Colorado City area, as he has a compassion for the lost around the world. And so um, I just want to share with you a little story of how I, uh, why I was asked to speak today. And we've been a member of this church for about nine years now, I think it was. And, but I said to Dave Nelson, the lead pastor, I said, I really, I, I preach in so many churches that support us around the country that I, I really you know, would prefer not preaching here because we have, I want to spend my Sundays that I'm here with, especially with our son, uh, Michael, who is in the wheelchair, and uh, we have him home. But what happened, I'll just share with you a little story. It was, uh, make sure I get these dates straight, it was July 23, Sunday. I was to be speaking uh, and preaching in a church in a little town in Minnesota. And I was, uh, uh, I, was, I was up early in the morning. I was going through my notes, and I was praying and asking God to prepare my heart. And that's when God put on my heart that I just really didn't have to uh, call churches anymore to line up preaching assignments. And the Lord laid on my heart, you've been faithful to me and, and, you know, kind of retirement age. And so you don't have to do that anymore. If I want you to preach in the church, I'll just have people invite you. And so that was a relief. That really was. Um, then on August 1, I was in my devotions and God put on my heart that message that you preach Sunday morning in Prinsburg, Minnesota, I want you to preach that at K2. And so I said, but Lord, you said I didn't have to ask to present anything. God, God laid on my heart. Uh, that's okay. I'll take care of it. And so August 13, Sunday evening, Dave Nelson texted me. He said, Mike, do you have anything planned for Sunday, Labor Day Sunday? And I texted him back and I said, no, what's up? And he said, I would like you to preach that Sunday. I'm going to give you 15 minutes. And, and he says, I would like you to preach on the compassion of Jesus. And so I texted him back. I said, sure, Dave, I've been waiting for your call. <laughs> and so... Um, so here we are, and, and we're celebrating today the many ministries that K2 uh, uh, is involved in and that they support. And if you're from a traditional church, you might uh, see pictures of the missionaries hanging up, and they'll have special offerings for missionaries. But a lot of the missions that K2 supports comes right out of the uh, general budget. And so I, since I have 15 minutes, I don't know if my time has started yet or not, but... Uh, Anyway, let's, uh, let's, let's pray, shall we? Lord, uh, thank you so much for this morning, and thank you, God, for um, putting on the heart of Dave Nelson uh, that, that he wanted a, a, a message from the Bible on the compassion of Jesus. And so, Lord, this morning, <clears throat> I pray now that the Holy Spirit would come and just indwell in us. I pray that you'd give me the words to speak. I pray, God, that you would open our ears and our hearts this morning. In the name of Jesus, we pray this. Amen. Well, I'm going to read to you. Um, there's two passages, basically, I'm going to deal with this morning. The first one is taken from Matthew chapter 9, verses 35 through 38. <clears throat> it says here, I'm going to go kind of fast. <clears throat> Sorry, I have a cold. I uh, hope my voice holds out. Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, 
put on my glasses here. Um, Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom, and healing every kind of sickness and disease. And when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were, they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. The next passage I want to read is, is uh, from John chapter 4. In my personal devotions, what I'm doing, this is the way my personal devotions work. I'm reading the Bible through in a year, and I, I'm reading it from chronological point of view. <clears throat> or I should say, see, the Bible as we know it is not written chronologically. The Bible, there's, there's, uh, there's pieces that are taken that, that you see in the Old Testament, and, and they actually, the next book doesn't follow, histor- doesn't follow chronologically. But it was different authors that put it together, and, and so it's not chronological. And so I read it chronologically. And so when you get to the New Testament, you get to those four Gospels, and they tell, a lot of it tells the same story. So in the first Gospel of Matthew, Matthew wrote it in about uh, 60, between 60 and 65 A.D., and the book of John, John was the youngest disciple, and he wrote that book about 30 years later. And so they tell the same story, but if you really want to understand the Bible, you read it uh, chronologically, try that for a while. And what I do is I'll take my Bible, I lay it out on my table, uh, out on the deck early in the morning, and then I have a life application Bible laying next to that so I can look up when it was written and I can get more history. And then I pull out my phone, and, and what I have here is the NIV, the New International Version. Then I pull out my phone, and I listen to that passage as it is read from the message. And so I, I put those together. And so um, what, what, I, what I'm going to share with you is from John chapter 4, is telling the same story. What John chapter 4 is about, it's a, it, and, and so is is Matthew, they tell, they tell it from, at the same, the same setting. And the setting is, Jesus took his disciples, he was headed toward Galilee, I think it is, and, but he had to either pass through or go around Samaria. And Jews of the day, the Jewish people, they would go around because they hated the people from Samaria. And so Jesus said, oh, we're gonna go right through. And so they stop at the well, and, and this is the watering hole. And so they stop there. And so Jesus is there at the well. And the disciples, it says in John chapter 8, it says the disciples went and they, they went out for some food. They, they, they were hungry. So they went into town to buy some food. They came back with some Big Macs or something like that. And, and so they come back and we'll pick it up from where they come back. They offer Jesus the food and Jesus says, I'm not hungry. And so they're wondering what's going on. Jesus had just spoken to the woman at the well, told her everything that she had ever done in her life and the type of life she was living. And she was so excited that she went back into the town, brought the people back. And so now the people have come back and she says, I've met the Messiah. And, and so what the disciples do, they say, hey, we've got food for you. So we'll pick it up at verse uh, 31. Meanwhile, his disciples urged him, Rabbi, eat something. 
But he said to them, I have food to eat that you know nothing about. Okay? Then his disciples said to each other, could someone have brought him some food? Jesus' response was, my food, Jesus said, is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish the work. He said, do you, uh, do you not say four more months than the harvest? I tell you, open your eyes, look at the fields. They are ripe unto harvest. Another translation says, Jesus said to his disciples, lift up your eyes. Another translation says, Jesus said to his disciples, hey, you guys, wake up. Wake up. And that's, that's both, I mean, all three translations are saying the same thing. He's saying, open your eyes. Okay, now let's, um, let's go back to Matthew, and that's where we're going to stay for pretty much the, the rest of this message. So let's go through those verses. Just, I'll just take them and I'll unpack them. There's only four verses here. Jesus went through the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom and healing every kind of sickness and disease. And that's Jesus' heart. Jesus is out there. He's meeting the needs of the people. He's meeting their needs. Okay, that's what we do in Colorado City and Hilldale, and, and we work with the people. Right now I'm working with the, the city council of, of Hilldale is um, controlled by the FLDS yet. They take all their orders from Warren Jeffs. <clears throat> and I'm working with three candidates running for council, one for mayor, and we've set up their campaigns. And so the non-FLDS, the apostates as they're called, former FLDS, we're trying to get them to, to take over that city council. Because this city is, see this community is not a democracy. It's not a republic. It's a theocracy. It's been run by the church ever since it was organized. The only community in the United States that's a theocracy. And so we're trying, I'm working with the people of the community. Brody serves on, on a lot of the community programs. And you see, only it's less than 50% of the people are FLDS anymore, fundamentalist Latter-day Saints. And so we work with them. We don't just go there and, and open a church and put a cross on top of it and preach in the church on Sunday in the street corners during the week. We don't do that. What we do is we work with them every day and, and we help people. We've, we've helped uh, rescue many children from, from the FLDS where the mothers have been kicked out. The mothers had their children taken away from them. They hadn't seen their children in three and four years. And so sometimes... We've, we've got the, uh, the Washington County Sheriff's Department to back us. Sometimes we go in with a couple of attorneys and myself, or we just, I've had it already, we just went into a house with a mom, and we had a deputy waiting outside. We grab the kids, we take them, and, and get the kids back. That's part of what we're doing out there. And so we are, we are helping to meet the needs of the people. But then go on to verse 36. It says, he saw the crowds and he had compassion on them. Because they were harassed, helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. What does that word compassion mean? That's what Nelson asked me to do. He, he, said, he said, you know, could you bring the message on Jesus' compassion? And if you look at the word compassion, uh, you look at it in the English, and it says that uh, it's to have sympathy, to have pity, uh, uh, concern for the sufferings and the misfortune of others. And God put in my heart about six months ago to go look up that word compassion in the Greek. 
And you see, sometimes if you, the Greek explains it a little different. And, and those who have gone to seminary, most people have taken Greek. And so you can better understand it. Well, I didn't take Greek, but you can look it up. In fact, I didn't even go to seminary. I guess that's why I didn't take Greek, you know. So, but that word in the Greek, compassion, is splanknizuma. And I want you all to remember that word, splanknizuma. You can say it with me, splanknizuma, okay? Splanknizuma, here's what it means. Here's what it means. It means a yearning in the bowels. And it means, and, and, and it really starts from the stomach. And it's your, 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 your guts, your bowels just tightening up. And yet now what's, what's happened is, is Matthew in chapter 9 says he had compassion on them. You remember what the book of John said? His disciples said, well, don't you want anything to eat? You see what's happening? Jesus looked over the crowds and he was so excited he lost his appetite. And when you put those, those passages together and you look up some of it in the Greek, you understand that, that he lost his appetite. To better understand that, uh, you all have had times of splanknizuma. And I'll tell you a time when we had it in our family. My wife Dawn's sitting right over here, and uh, our son Michael was born uh, July 2, 1975. And on July 2, 1976, we took him back for his annual checkup with a pediatrician, and we were concerned that there were problems, and, and, uh, and they said, don't worry about it, you know. We took him back a year later, July 2, 1977, and um, the doctors examined Michael, and, and they came back in the room and said, your son's head is not growing the way it should. It says he's hydrocephalic, which means the brain isn't growing. The reason why the head grows is to make room for the brain. And it was at that time that, that our guts just churned. We knew it, but it was finally confirmed. And we had splanknizuma. It's, it's a yearning in the gut. And, and, and no matter how hungry you are, you couldn't eat. Every one of you have experienced that, I'm sure. You got that phone call, that dreaded phone call. Someone died. Someone was in an accident. You got bad news about your health or the health of a loved one. And, and so I remember leaving that pediatrician's office in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. We lived in Minnesota at the time. But we left there. We, we drove from Sioux Falls, heading out of town. And I said to Dawn, do you want to, shall we stop and get a sandwich? And she says, I can't eat. And I couldn't eat. And, and, and so we had splanknizuma. That's, that's what Jesus had. That's what Jesus had for the people that he created. And they left him. And they were wandering around. They were helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And so when you look at the mission programs here, you, you take the, the folks uh, leaving for Honduras and the people they see there and, and the ministry in, in, in uh, Swaziland and the ministry in LA and the ministry in New York and the ministry 
in Colorado City, every one of us have missionaries. We have we look at the people and we work with them and they're going astray and they don't know Christ and Christ is the answer. That's the answer to all the problems. They need to find Jesus. And so we have Splunk Nazuma. And the people at K2, the, 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 the people that, that, that lead this church, they have Splunk Nazuma. And you know, when we got home and we told we told our families and we told our friends from a small town in, Edger, in Edgerton, Minnesota was the name of the town, and, and, and people loved us. I was in politics. Not everybody loved us, I guess, but uh, before that. But anyway, people responded with hugs and tears, and they promised us that they would be with us and they'd walk with us and they'd guide us, and many did. And we had Michael on a very intense program and, and it took over 50 volunteers a week to pull that off. And people came. But not everybody kept their commitments. And so my question to you today is this. You now know what the word compassion means. And you know that Jesus has compassion on his people that don't know him yet. And so, so there may be somebody in your life. There may be somebody in your life that you that you know needs to find the Lord or a coworker or a family member. And, and, and so what's going to be your response? If I look at the rest of that, chat, that verse here, the, those last couple of verses, it says here, then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest to send reapers. And so I ask you to respond. That's... Ask the Lord of the harvest to send forth reapers. That's Matthew chapter 9, verse 38. I set my phone, uh, the alarm to go off, every morning at 9.38. My wife does it every, every evening it goes off. And that's a reminder to pray for people to go into the mission field. But maybe Jesus is calling you, maybe to go in the mission field, maybe not to go in the mission field, but maybe to reach a neighbor, maybe to reach a family member. And so do you have Splach Nezuma? Huh? Do you have a concern for them? And, and I ask you to just lay that before the Lord. Lay it before the Lord. God was speaking to Isaiah in the Old Testament. And Isaiah 6, verse 8 says this. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? Who will go for us? And Isaiah replied, Here I am. Send me. 